To our dear Wellness Couch listeners, we are sending you all our love during these unprecedented times. Now is the time to appreciate what community really is all about. And on the back of our wellness base camps in Geelong and Camden being postponed, we've decided to run a virtual experience that anyone can attend. It's called Crisis to Confidence. Right now, the world faces five major challenges. The first one, fear and anxiety. So Kim Morrison will present Uncertainty and Love. The second one is social isolation. So Marcus Pierce is going to talk about how to build community during these difficult times. The third is mental and emotional despair. So Brett Hill will talk about how to develop resilience. The fourth is financial uncertainty. So Jason Witten will talk about creating financial security. And the fifth is a challenged immunity. So Cindy O'Meara will share how to boost our immunity during these times. Crisis to Confidence will be broadcast live on Saturday, April 4. And if you can't make it, you'll receive lifetime access. To register and for all the details, go to thewellnessbasecamp.com. That's thewellnessbasecamp.com. Thank you, Wellness Cow Tribe. We love you and send our virtual hugs and kisses. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab. everyone, welcome to part two of the Building Biology podcast with Lucy McCulloch, Building Healthy Homes. Um, I'm really excited to share with you part two. I know a lot of you really enjoyed part one. So much useful information and such an interesting story. Um, if you haven't heard part one, you can go back and listen to that first. So it will make more sense to listen to part two. Um, and I hope that you get lots out of it like I did. If you have any questions for Lucy, feel free to contact her on her Lucy McCulloch Interiors uh, Instagram page or the um, links below in the show notes. Um, she has just recently had her had a baby, um, her fourth child, so it's very exciting. So she's laying low a little, but... She is around if you need to message her and I also can answer a lot of your questions for you um, and I can pass them on to Lucy. So we've been working on um, this retreat that we're putting together at Lucy's Ski Lodge in Italy um, and the retreat will begin in June. Um, there's two weeks to retreats and if you haven't heard about that yet, you can find out um, on my website. Just go to quirkycooking.com.au and you'll see the first post up on the page is um, Luxury Gut Health Retreat in Italy. So go and have a look. Um, we're very excited about it. If you have any questions, feel free to email me at help at quirkycooking.com.au um, about the retreat and I can always pass your questions on to Lucy if I'm not sure. Lucy is the owner and host of the retreat but Elise Comerford and I will be um, speaking at the retreat and teaching and doing cooking workshops and all sorts of fun stuff. So we're very excited about that. Um, some other news also for those of you in the Sydney area, Elise and I are holding seminars down there at the end of this month. So the 26th, um, we'll be holding a seminar in Thoreau. That one is about half full. 
tickets. So hurry if you want to book in. It's booking out quickly. Um, that's from 6 to 9 p.m. in Thoreau. Uh And on the 28th, we are having a seminar in Chatswood in Sydney. And that one is also 6 to 9 p.m. And actually, that one's even more booked out. So it's about three quarters booked, I mean. So feel free to pop over to my events page on quirkycooking.com.au slash events. And you'll find all the details there. Um, we wanted to do some more in the area, but it's going to be a really busy week because I've got five days of photo shooting for the new book as well. Um, but don't get too excited because it's still a fair way away. <laughs> I have to do the photo shoots in chunks of time when I can get away and um, spend a week in Sydney or the photographer comes up to me. So it's sort of a work in progress, but it, it's exciting. It's getting there. Um, Elise is working on all the nutrition information in the book and I'm working on the recipes and it's a gut health focused cookbook that's really simple recipes um, because we're all too busy and we all need healthy meals without the fuss. So that's what this cookbook is all about. It's called Simple Healing Food. So stay tuned for more news about that. Um, We also are looking at doing some seminars in Melbourne in at the end of March so that will be exciting and um, I have a few more events to announce soon but I'm not sure if they've been released so I will wait because they're not my events um, and yeah so if you are not sure what's going on and you want to know you can subscribe to the quirky cooking newsletter um, on the blog or you can um, just go and have a look at the events page and keep up to date on Facebook and Instagram because I post things on there. Also keep an eye on my Facebook and Instagram stories because any news that comes up, I, I usually put it there first because it's quick and easy. <laughs> so you'll pretty much see what's happening there. Thanks so much for listening. Without any more rambling on, I will um, begin the podcast and I hope you enjoy it. Bye. So um, I feel that um, it's absolutely possible to um, detox from this. It, you know, it's, it, it's part of everything. Mold exposure, a, a high EMF exposure, all of these things do take some time and determination to come back from. Um, whether you fully, you know, recover from it, or not, I'm not entirely sure. I, I guess if you have a sensitivity to anything, it's a little bit like tasting fine wines. If you've got a nose for fine wines, you've got a nose for fine wines. If you've got a sensitive, that's a sensitivity at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. If you've got a sensitivity to electromagnetic fields, you'll probably continue to have a sensitivity to electromagnetic magnetic fields. But I think just generally detoxing and um which comes about through avoidance, hence the turn your Wi-Fi router off at night um, and allow your body to get back on track, I think is, is, is very feasible. Plus all the other things, you know, like spending time in nature because it does obviously help regenerate your cells, get into saunas, um, do some earthing, walk around barefoot, you know, all of those things that help boost your immune system as well. Eat well, obviously, goes without saying. I'm talking to you guys. I mean, um, so, um, so yeah, I do think so. But I really do, you know, I really do feel that avoidance, at same with mold and electromagnetic stuff and 
all of the chemicals is just your best bet. Because um, I find it so like scary and upsetting to think of the exposure for my son. And it's like yeah. two years living in a mouldy house before we were living in that house. He was growing at such a rate that he was yeah. always in the next size up, bigger than every other kid his age. And now he's so much smaller and it was it, his growth slowed down living in that house. And so it's just like, it, yeah, it breaks my heart to think what that's done to his growth and development and then being near the EMFs and how that's going to affect his long-term health. And it's yeah. uh, it's a, just a really scary thing to, I you know, I think about myself and I don't worry so much about whether, yeah. whether it's reversible or not. It's like thinking about my son. I'm just like, what? how has this affected his his health for his life? And, yeah, but I guess it's not, something we don't really have an answer. I hear you. I totally hear you. And I, I get to moments where I'm like, oh, but I'm, you know, and this is what I'd say to you, you know, what you're doing right now, the way you're eating and the way you're living, he's got all those years ahead to slowly, you know, get back to optimum health. The sad thing is, and I think, gosh, but we weren't exposed to any of this stuff when we were growing up. Um, and we still, str- I still struggled. You know, there was no electromagnetic stuff. There was no cell phones. Or there, was yeah, true. Stuff. there wasn't the wireless radiation. There wasn't the... Um, you know, I guess there probably was the fluorescent lighting, which we'll get onto in a sec. But, um, you know, I, I, all we can do is what we can do. And yeah. I think certainly the three of us are doing everything we can with regards to, you know, boosting the kids' immune systems. And that's what it boils down to because you need one heck of a strong immune system to deal with all of this. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's gallivanting along at a rate that is totally out of control with no one testing it yeah. exactly the same way the chemicals did in the 70s and the 80s. So just boost, boost, boost as much as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my case, you know, and your case, try and, because you, especially you, Joe, with the older kids, try to, and I love, 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 love the idea of the new cookbook with mm. the, the, the guide to how to live in the real in the world by themselves. I just yeah. think that's magnificent because oh, that was what all really went wrong for me. I went yeah. to school. Same. I kept on getting tonsillitis. I ate white bread and marmites and margarine and KFC uh, and McDonald's. I, yeah, that was what I lived <laughs> off. That's um, what uni students do. <laughs> that's what uni students do. Exactly. I didn't. I yeah, never didn't ask wine. Was, yeah, <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> or even worse than wine. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, true. Hardcore, disgusting sambuca and ugh. So, um, so yeah, I think that um, I think that trying to teach them to go off into the world and continue to look after mm. themselves and not absolutely thrash their bodies around is mm-hmm. a really is the best thing we can do. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's at least yours still little, mine are still little. And I think it's just a matter of um, trying to get them, you know, to fall in love with this idea of living a healthy life and not, mm. and not have it be a burden for them. Um, but it's hard because, you know, they're going to go to university and there's going to be Wi-Fi and they're going to go to somewhere and rent a flat and it's going to be under a cell tower because everywhere is going to be under a cell tower. Yeah. Um, and that's where it becomes important to, I mean, in building biology, we learn to shield the houses, which is going to become more and more important mm. with, you know, 5G everywhere. 
But you're next, not going to be able to do that when they're renting a uni flat. <laughs> maybe you'll have to write the book on how to create a little sanctuary so that when kids go and leave home, yeah. they have a little guide. <laughs> and for idea. us who are just yeah. learning. That's a so very good someone, idea there are, you know, the Faraday sort of, you know, the mosquito nets. You can make, make mm. their student digs look very Balinese. That's right. There you go. How to decorate and protect your exactly. little exactly. your little haven. So what <laughs> yeah. would be those things you'd recommend if someone was living near a cell tower, exposed to neighbours' Wi-Fi, things that they can't eliminate? They can turn off their own, but they can't turn off their neighbours. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what are the things that they can do to protect themselves? Um, so I think that, um, I mean, what we do is we, so we don't have the Wi-Fi on at all. We have, um, there's, there's a whole load of um, contraptions on the market where you can plug your phone in. So you can have your phone on airplane mode because the proximity to a phone, I mean, a phone is like a little cell tower and the proximity to the phone is huge. So don't keep the phone on your body, um, you know, when it's on. Keep it in airplane mode as much as you can. Um, and, um, you know, buy one of these $40, $50 cables that is a charger and an Ethernet plug-in. Um, if you don't oh. have any... If you don't have what are any they Ethernet, called? Sorry, I haven't heard of those. Um, there's one that's called RJ45 and it's on Amazon. And what, what does it do? What do you mean by Ethernet cable? So... You remember we used to, maybe you're too young, Elise, I'm not sure, but remember we used to always plug in our computers yeah, <laughs> before we had Wi-Fi. Um, that, that was plugged in using an Ethernet port. Yeah. Um, so you can, like right now I'm talking to you and I have my computer on my lap and it's on airplane mode, so it's not emitting any radiation and I'm not, I'm not connected to Wi-Fi, but I have a cable that is connected to an Ethernet port. Um, and my phone is sitting beside me and it's on airplane mode and it's also attached with a cable. Um, so you would have to install that internet in your home to then be able to plug your phone into that to use the internet. You mode. just need an ethernet port, but I would imagine that... Modems have it. Most houses have it. And if, if not, an electrician... If you have a oh, landline, you know, a telephone jack, yeah. if you have a landline, you'd be the electrician would be able to get an ethernet port from that. That's and how they you did. Just have to get it, like, you just have to get an internet account on that landline. That's how mine is. Um, it's, it's an internet account with a landline. Yeah. Yeah. It's an internet account with a landline. That part I'm not sure about. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. <laughs> that's, that's how we used to do it. You had, your phone, yeah. you had your, your phone number where your internet was plugged in and then your house phone number. Yeah. Sometimes. Or the other thing that people do, and I don't do this because um, we don't um, even have a well, we must have somewhere, but is you can plug into the, um, you can plug into your modem, your internet yeah. modem. Yeah. Um, so you, I think obviously you can turn off the Wi-Fi on it somehow. I'm sorry. I'm not. A, I'll I mean, have to ask office. Isaac because he knows how to do this because he plugged his, he got this giant cord or something and plugged it into, so it's the ethernet cable for yeah. the computer in his room. Because he said the Wi-Fi wasn't good enough in there. And he had a phone jack in his room, which he used, I'm pretty sure. And he was able to do it. There you go. Yeah. And little does he know what help he's doing, giving yeah. himself with that laptop. But he with should just one keep thing, it on right? <laughs> make sure he keeps it on airplane mode at the same time. Because if yeah. not, it's constantly searching for a signal. Right, right. Um, 
And honestly, in that situation, I think, Elise, if you're sensitive or you're suspecting that you're sensitive or you're, or you're concerned about, you know, protecting the kids, which um, hopefully after listening to this podcast, you will be, um, I really would recommend, I'm not an electromagnetic specialist. You can come away with different certifications and I'm a new build consultant. Um, so I'm very focused on the, um, the walls and the, you know, the building itself, the electromagnetic stuff is so scientific yeah. and so complicated. And um, there are people that are just brilliant at it and I'm not one of those. Um, but I, you know, you, as you say, you guys have got a pool of um, mm. super cool building biologists and I really would spend the money if you could to try and just get someone around to help you shield. You know, there's, I know that the shielding paints, um, there's also bags that you can put over the top of smart meters. Um, if, if, if the smart meter, again, you kind of need someone to come in and measure for you to be able to tell you where it's coming from. Did you say um, you had a meter that you measured yourself with the electromagnetic fields? Yeah, I have a little electromagnetic meter and then I have a, um, a wireless radiation meter um, right. that I use that are very simple little tools, um, relatively easy to use, but you know, then you need to be able to convert them and you know mm. understand where they fall on the scale and, so it's nice to have um, someone professional come and do it i think it's, yeah i really think that i mean i've been studying this for four years and i still struggle to grapple with the, okay. <laughs> with the um, electromagnetic stuff so i think if there is a if there is a worry about electromagnetic um you know over sensitivity or just exposure full stop then it would be wise to get one of the electromagnetic mm. specialists in um and um, going back to the light, yeah. the lighting, I know yeah. you wanted to. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, so they, um, well, there's, so there's one other um, field, which I didn't talk about is magnetic fields um, and things like electrical panels um, give off very high magnetic fields. Um, and um, so that's another just tip. Don't have a kid sleeping right on the other side of a wall of an electrical panel. Um, you know, try and keep six feet try away. What, what do you mean by an electrical panel? Sorry. Um, the where you go to turn on and off your circuits. You know when something. Oh, I see. What do you call them? Yeah. Electricity box. Ours yeah. is on the other side of the garage, so that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. So keep, you know, rearrange bedding if need be, so that people mm. are far away. And then there's the very low frequency fields, which are known by the industry as electromagnetic interference, which are caused by fluorescent lights. Um, mm. And they basically, it's also known um, colloquially as dirty electricity, and they can send, um, you know, dirt, bad electricity through the, through the wires and back through the circuits. Um, and then on top of that, fluorescent lights have mercury in them. So yeah, that's when you drop one mm, <laughs> um, which happens you then have a mercury spill and let me tell you when a mercury bulb like that is dropped in a school there is a team of people that come in and clean it up and do a proper hardcore professional cleanup that it's yeah. serious stuff i wonder and how much of us have mercury in us because i remember having a bulb smashed like one of those long fluorescent bulbs yeah. smashed in the yeah. house when the kids were little and we yeah. just cleaned it up ourselves. That's in the LED bulbs too, isn't it? 
Um, mercury is not in the LED bulbs, but LED bulbs do do the same. They have the same effect as the fluorescent, as in they send around dirty electricity around your circuits. Yeah. Because mm. I've had um, one of them smash in Dylan's room. The LED bulbs should be fine. It's the CFLs, you know, the, the curly ones, the energy saving uh, ones. Yeah. And again, this goes back to the energy saving. You know, mm. who, 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 I think you're doing that. the right thing. You think you're doing the right thing, but what is happening when those bulbs are going back down into the planet? Yeah, exactly. That's mercury going, you know, back in with mercury vapor coming off. It's not good for it's not I good for the environment. It in and it's not good for them. So, so what um, do you suggest I, for lighting? So we, when we renovated here, we used incandescent mostly um, and halogen. Yeah, were two options that we went for. And it, let me tell you, it was quite a challenge finding, you know, under counter or under cabinet um, strip halogen. Yeah, um, but it's possible. And, you know, once you know and you can type in under counter halogen strip lighting, something will come up or you ask right. your electrician to find it. Mm-hmm. It's knowing that in the first place. Um, yeah. And then there's a lot to be said for obviously the light that comes off. And you girls probably know a lot about this as well, but the light that comes off. The, the kind of yeah. light that comes off the flame, you know, they're not, they're, they don't help our melatonin production and yeah. all of that stuff that we need to be able to regenerate at night as well. Yeah. And so you wear the, the blue light blockers at night. Yeah. I do sometimes. I don't always remember. Yeah. To. I don't always remember to. I have a couple of pairs around and about, but yeah, Same. I mean, I, I think we all realize at this stage, right. That sleep is the most important thing. We mm-hmm. need it to reduce our inflammation we're yeah. bombarded by so much stuff during the day. So yes, I would do anything when I remember. Mm. I would do <laughs> yeah. anything I could to protect that precious sleep. Um, mm. Whether it's you know turning off the Wi-Fi, whether it's making sure I'm not sleeping near mold, whether it's making sure that I'm not lying on a mattress that's um, oh that's another one mattress with metal coils in can yeah. disturb the magnetic um, you know and they can act as antennas for any magnetic fields. Huh. Um, so, um, yeah, I, you know, sleep on a natural mattress, make sure that my room is not particularly the bedroom, the bedroom being the sanctuary, make sure the bedroom is not full of upholstery and chairs and lovely, beautiful chairs that have got brominated fire retardant foams in, um, because they really never stop off gassing and that foam breaks down. And as it breaks down, every time you sit on it, it releases particular into the air, which is um really really bad for us to inhale so um so yeah i do everything i can to try and protect that precious sleep um this is sort of jumping to another question but we haven't got much time um there was a lot of things that you mentioned there about materials to avoid what kind of materials do you recommend for furniture paint couches I would say, and this is, this is the sort of main building biology philosophy, is that um, what is, um, you know, stick with nature, the building biology idea that um, biological compatibility and ecological performance go hand in hand is key and just stick to everything that you and I and we all know as being natural materials, natural latex for mattresses, natural wool, cotton, um, I mean, I use, uh, you can use down if you, if you don't have a issue with, um, feathers, obviously mm-hmm. a lot of people do. 
um, and we weren't sure whether we did or not. So I ended up using buckwheat hulls mm -hmm. for all of my cushion fillers. Um, and, and what does that, how do you find these things? Like I've never even heard of buckwheat, buckwheat hulls, buckwheat cushions. Hulls. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know where you guys would find them in Australia. You'd have to Google it, but it, they're, they're becoming more and more Is this popular. something that you, you have filled the cushions yourself or you buy them like that? I think you, I filled them myself, but I think oh, you so can. So it's I just think, the normal buckwheat hulls that you'd eat? Um, no, it's the shells. It's just, just the, the shell. Like the chef kind oh, of thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's so I interesting. Think, I think if you Googled them, you would... You'd probably find buckwheat hull cushions. I mean, I even have a a nursing cushion which is made with buckwheat hulls because, of course, mm. they're you know ten at least in the nursing and the pregnancy yeah. world, they there's you know a bit more choice for organic stuff. Yeah. Um, well, there's a business I'm, for someone if they haven't got them over here. Buckwheat hull cushions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the buckwheat yeah. we eat, isn't it? We eat the groat, and then it's so yeah, exactly. It's this, it's the shell of that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I've I heard recently heard of coconut coir <laughs> mattresses. Yeah, that's my is, son had one of those in his cot. It was coconut coir wrapped in organic wool. Wow! Um, and how was that? Great, and they're firm, but that's what we're used to now. So my my mattress now and our mattress since he's been born in in my actual bed because. Mm -hmm. We didn't sleep in his cot very much. It ended up just being mostly in my bed. Um, yeah. Is a organic wool, um, like the the covers organic cotton, and then the insides organic wool. So nice. handmade organic wool. Because I've heard latex still they have to use a glue. So and that was actually a really really lovely man that um, his business is actually making the latex mattresses. And I told him I wanted no tox. And he said, well, you need to go with organic wool then hmm. because he said in even, latex, it is very, even, very the even the natural latex. Yeah. Well, he told yeah. me in the end, there still needs to be some kind of glue. So it was natural latex, but there was some, there's always some kind of glue involved. Oh, um, interesting. That it was very I thought that latex, I mean, I know a lot of people stay away from latex because they react to it. It's, you know, mm. obviously yeah. not an allergen, but, um, but yeah, it's definitely considered okay in the building biology world, as long as you don't have a, you know, personal sensitivity yeah. to it. Mm. Um, so yeah, just all the natural materials, you know, a, um, a, a clay paint. I mean, think how much, Think how much a paint is affecting our indoor oh, air quality, yeah. how, much, how much surface it covers. Mm. I mean, the building envelope is important and you don't really want to have a, the idea with building biology is that you keep the houses so that they can, Breathe. you know, the vapor can go in and out. Yeah. And so you don't want any layer of that building envelope to be um, a vapor, you know, a complete barrier. Um, mm. But if you know, we're making do and you want to just improve indoor air quality, um, use a really nice natural clay paint um, yeah. because not only is it totally neutral, but it's also humidity buffering. It's got that ability mm. to absorb and release um, the way, you know, most paints on the market don't these days. Yeah, plasticky um, kind of paints. Yeah, and obviously it goes without saying, you know, you, I'm sure you guys have talked a lot about this you know just no synthetic fragrances they're mm -hmm. extremely hormone disrupting yeah um, clean cleaning products I mean we use um, a simple simple you know essential oil cleaner and mm -hmm. 
never had it, you know, they clean perfectly. Um, mm. Vinegar, you know, alcohol if need be for disinfecting. Um, yeah, just stick to the natural, what we all know to be natural. <laughs> yeah. A couple, common a couple, sorry, a couple more really quick questions. Um, air conditioners, do you want to mention? Anything? So yeah. Oh my gosh. I went through such a journey here, um, with this house. Um, we, um, I was literally on my way to hospital to give birth to Kian when my contractor for the first renovation called me and said, what are you going to do about cooling? And I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do about cooling. What are you having do a about baby? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm going to put in an HVAC system. And I'd never even heard of that. Um, and I was like, okay. And this house being the incredibly intriguing house that it is, not only was made with poured concrete, but it had radiant heating in the ceiling hmm. um, and water radiant heating. So electric, electrical radiant heating can give off very high electromagnetic fields. But this was water perfect beautiful copper pipes radiant heating in the ceiling which i understand is a bit odd but fine <laughs> still radiant heating and in in putting in the hvac system this enormous ducted system in the attic that took up most of the attic um he basically drilled through oh, the no. second floor of all of my radiant heating oh, no. um, and so the hvac system obviously supplies heat and cold and so he wasn't, con he didn't think that there was any reason to keep the radiant heating. And, you know, that's just standard practice here. Mm. So in came this system. And I listened the other day to a building science podcast. So there's a group of people called building scientists who, who deal a lot more with mechanics than we do. We try to, we try to let our houses work to the best of their ability by themselves. Mm -hmm. And then obviously in certain climates, you definitely need to intervene, but I listened to this guy talking about this HVAC system and how the only way that he could prevent mold growth building up on the coils of the HVAC system, which has obviously got, you know, hot air going over cold um, coils and then the reverse, mm -hmm. um, was by spraying a probiotic solution on it every three hours. What? Oh, or was that it was, three days? That was his experiment. He was just experimenting. Three, it doesn't three days or three hours? It. And it, 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 no, he had to spray it on every three hours to prevent oh mold, mold growth buildup. And the mold growth buildup would occur within 24 hours of this machine, this thing working. What? Wow. So then you've got mold. So th this doesn't exist. No one does this probiotic spray. It's not on the market. So okay. essentially what he's saying is that within 24 hours of turning this thing on, you've got mold growing on the, oh. on the coil. And you're then spreading it around the entire house, which is, again, a wonderful green way of cooling and heating your house. Yeah. But it's taking into consideration the, um, well, it's not that wonderful green, but it's what they would use because they've made the house so tight mm. that you then need to mechanically heat it and cool it. So anyway, to cut a long story short, we decided because um, I had stopped reacting in this house, but my daughter was still reacting. Once we put that in, I noticed that at four o'clock she was waking up sneezing the minute mm. it would go on in yeah. the winter. And wow. so I thought, oh, I just have to turn this on. So we ended up putting in radiators um, for the um, winter. And then this year um, in the new park renovation, we put in the mini split air conditioning units which are the ones that are very close to the, you know, the, do you call them mini splits in Australia? 
I'm not really sure. I don't have one. <laughs> Long, ob, long, oblong, oh, white. Yeah, okay. Split system, yeah. Yeah. Split system, and so they're they're the best option for okay. an air conditioning. If you don't, the, the absolute purest is the window boxes. You know those horrible window boxes. Yeah, yeah. really. <laughs> That's funny. They're, they're the purest because it's coming straight in, right, oh, yeah. from the outside. True. True. Um, there's no pipes. There's no ducts. There's no place for mold no. to grow no. or anything. But the mini splits are good. They have. They don't have flexible ducts. They have a thin, you know, straight duct that goes right out the back into the condenser. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would be the best option. And um, they still have to be cleaned each year for mold, don't they? Are they, are they the ones that have to be cleaned? I think everything should be cleaned, yeah. yeah. Because I've got be. a friend who's a, the one that's studying building biology and they have a business in Melbourne that's all, it's completely natural cleaning business and they go and right. clean people's air conditioners, split system. Yeah, yeah. They've all got filters that you Yes, can that's what it is, the filters. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And some Because I think people don't realise that they need to be cleaned and they'll just use them year after year. Right, um, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So, and yeah, so, that's my take on <laughs> cooling and heating. So tell us about that in your ski lodge in Italy because you yes. obviously that <laughs> be kept nice and warm. Yeah, so... <laughs> Another like serendipitous moment in my life was we bought this house, a pile of stone rubble back in 2007. Um, we were living in Hong Kong and I really needed an escape for the summer, particularly with this vascular condition I have. I struggle a lot in the heat. So we decided to um, buy a house in Italy. I managed to convince my husband. We're both <laughs> French speakers, so it would have made so much more sense to be in France. But anyway, <laughs> we're, only, we're only about 20 kilometers from the French border. And a lot of people speak, most people speak French or some weird dialect between French and Italian there anyway. So you <laughs> quite nicely. But um, so, yeah, we, um, and I look back at that house now and the renovation and just the fact that it's, it's in such a, it's in an area where traditional living is still such an important part of life. Mm. Um, and, tradi- and traditional building is part of that. And we had the most wonderful architect who is, um, I remember him saying to me, I don't know what to advise my son. He just, he just bought a herd of cows and he was starting to make cheese. And he's like, I don't know what to advise my son, whether to tell him to really break his balls and become an architect or whether just to, just to have a herd of cows. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so a really interesting guy. And he just, without, you know, this was before I knew anything about building biology, before I'd reacted to our house in Hong Kong, our flat in Hong Kong. Um, and the things that he implemented, this house has meter deep stone walls um so you know you've already got everything there you don't need anything else you don't need any horrible toxic insulation because the stone's doing it um you don't need to put you know paper backed um sheetrock or blue board is, is what they call it here gypsum board which is going to grow mold on it because it's got paper on it because paper is obviously something that's loved by mold. Um, and you don't need to put anything. You just, you know, it was the stone walls with a lime plaster and then a, and then a nice paint. And when I talked to him about paint, you know, the paint that he suggested was, was a clay paint. Mm. Um, so, um, so yeah, we, um, and then I was thinking about it the other day. It's, the house is built into the mountain, literally against the mountain. Um, and, um, and it's when you go into the ground floor, it goes down. So it's sort of semi, not really semi underground, but there's about three or four steps down. Um, 
And it could be, you know, with all that melt water that comes off the peaks and the Alps, it could be super, super, super wet. Um, but what he did was he basically made it a floating house. He put, um, in Italian, it's called a Vespaio, which is actually the, um, oh my gosh, the word in English, the, the, the hive, the beehive, you know, the little hole, you know, we see all the hive. So he basically did that on the floor using these little stools, little plastic stools. Okay, admittedly plastic. I'm sure there's a more eco version, but um, <laughs> put all these plastic stools. So when you look down on it, it looked like a, a beehive. It looked like the um, honeycomb, honeycomb. Ah. Like honeycomb. And then he put the flooring on top of that. Hmm. And so you have a house that's basically, and that's standard practice there. Completely standard oh. practice. Whereas, you know, we would just build on the ground here. Yeah. <laughs> or we, even worse, we'd put a basement in so that when water gets into the house, it floods straight down into the basement. And then we put carpet down in the basement. So that it's yeah. <laughs> just to, <stop laughs> um, up, to mop up the water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To mop up the water and the, and the dust and everything else. So um, it was just, it's amazing now that I think back at it, you know, these traditional ways of building that, thank goodness, are still there. Mm. And sure enough, every time we go there, we are all so zen, no sneezing, no anything. I mean, we can go to any Airbnb in North America and my poor baby girl wakes up at four o'clock sneezing. It's just, yeah. we expect it now. And we go to Italy, nothing, no sneezing, no nosebleeds, mm. none of the symptoms that she gets in all the other places. Um, so yeah, it's, um, and then with regards to heating, you know, it's just, it would be typical to do radiant heating um, you wouldn't do, you wouldn't do a forced hot air. That seems to be very much, I don't know whether that's an Australian thing, but it's very much a North American thing. Very American, isn't uh, it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's horrible. It's so mm. drying and, it is. um, yeah, no, it's, and it's obviously spreading all sorts of horrible stuff around the air whilst you're sleeping. It's falling straight into your mouth from one of the vents above you. Yeah. The um, photos of the ski lodge there in Italy are absolutely stunning. Um, so you basically designed the whole renovation? Yep, yep. Together with Daniele, the architect. Um, you know, he was very much, at, at this stage, I'd really only worked on, um, you know, flats in Hong Kong mm. where there wasn't too much structural involvement. So he was my structural support, literally. <laughs> um, and, um, and yeah, we did all sorts of crazy cool things and, um, you know, it, we, we, I really respect traditional buildings and so that I didn't want to do too much to it. And I certainly kept it very traditional on the outside. Um, but we did find that given it was built up against a mountain and very close to another house, cause it's in this little medieval hamlet, <laughs> um, oh, on a little, um, yeah, 16th, sorry, not medieval, 16th century hamlet that are all there's all these cute little hamlets sort of interconnected and attached to each other. Um, and um, so they're all built quite close. And there's these little piazza out the front, which has got the water fountain and um, which is, you know, like four meters from the house and all the houses are around it. Yeah. Um, so it was a little bit dark along one side and we were trying to turn it into sort of more modern living. So we took out one of the big vaults of the ceilings, which of course, you know, 16th century or 17th century wow. architecture. <laughs> Um, but it was fun. We had a lot of fun doing it. And then we put a, a massive eight seater, beautiful wooden made by his dad as a, um, 
was recently passed, but was a um, beautiful wood sculptor. Mm. And he did, um, he put a hot tub in on the roof. I saw that photo. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, a hot yeah. tub. <laughs> like a really good place for a gut health retreat. It there is. <laughs> we need well, to talk, we need to talk about this. So Lucy, Lucy has had this amazing idea, which maybe you should just talk about that now, Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> got five minutes. <laughs> well, it's thanks to you guys, really, I have to say, and your wonderful books and your, oh, at least your wonderful knowledge. Um, and obviously having the three of us having been on this journey, um, this same journey, um, I started to look around for, um, gut health retreats and couldn't really find any. Um, and I thought, I know two ladies who would be very good at it. Um, and it's such an amazing place in June, which is when we're planning on um, doing our first gut health retreat, um, which Joe and Elise will be coming over to, um, to run. Um, and it's just, it's just it, it lends itself to regenerating um, and being in the fresh air in the mountains and learning how to, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't work. I mean, I work privately on the food side of things. I don't obviously work in the food world, but I'm still very passionate about sharing healthy eating and, um, gut health with Mm. as many people as possible. Um, and this lovely house is there and, um, so we brainstormed and we thought that it was a good idea to offer it up to people for a couple of weeks in June. So we're now going to be running um, two weeks, one on the 8th of June for five days, well, five day retreats, one on the 8th of June and one on the 15th of June of next year, um, where people can come and learn how to nourish their families and nourish themselves and reset and be in an environment that is conducive to resetting. Um, we, the house is right on the corner of a beautiful national park with, you know, a river flowing through it coming down from the Alps. Mm, Um, June is when all the fabulous herbs and uh, medicinal herbs are all popping up and cropping up. So we're hoping to incorporate some, some of that into the gut health retreat and the, um, the learning how to nourish your body and your soul. Um, go to local markets and pick up local produce and learn how to cook with, you know, what you've got, um, locally. Um, so yeah. Visit the local cheesemakers and beekeepers and go for walks in the Alps. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. So much convincing, didn't we, Joe? <laughs> no, we didn't really much convincing <laughs> Joe, at all. When you called me, Joe, you're like, do you want to come to Italy? I was like, yes. What's that? Done. book? Yeah, no, we've got, I mean, when I'm, when I'm there with the family in the summer, we're literally, you know, going from one hamlet to the next, picking up the cheese. Um, mm. There's a, Massimo has actually has his cows that come right down literally into our garden. Um, and um, he has the most amazing cheese place. And we go up there and we get our, get all our dairy. And um, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, there's the, the, the local hunters come by with the venison. If you oh, want venison, yum. 
it's definitely, I think it's a good spot for it. So hopefully we'll get ah. some nice groups of people together. Every, every person I tell about it says, can I come? <laughs> <laughs> so guys, um, we will be releasing um, the website for this retreat very soon. Um, by the time this podcast is up, the website will be out there. Um, so the link will be in the show notes. So you can go and have a look at the photos of the, of the lodge, of the area, um, learn about the sorts of things that we'll be teaching and um, all, the, all the experiences that you'll get to take part in there. Um, but basically it's just going to be a beautifully relaxing, calming, healing retreat luxury healing retreat <laughs> and we're very excited about it yeah good so am i cannot wait <laughs> uh, so five and a half months away now it's going to come around yeah so and soon. then there's so many areas nearby where we were talking about how long do we do the retreat for and get the right balance right and mm. you know make sure that people don't get over swamped with too much information and so we were sort of thinking that you know if we did monday to friday perhaps people would like to tag on a weekend and we're very near the very famous wine valley um where barolo wines come from if someone has an interest in that afterwards it's a beautiful beautiful area it's, it is a unesco site actually uh-huh. um we're a short drive to the south of france um, if you wanted to go and have, you know, a couple couple days getting a little bit of vitamin D on that's the coast. That's what Dylan and I will be doing. When yeah. That's what we're doing, <laughs> exactly. And Turin, we're an hour and a half from Turin, the city of Turin, which is a beautiful, beautiful, um, very regal city in northern wow. Italy. Mm. Um, we're two and a half hours from Milan. So if shopping and going and seeing beautiful Milan, which has become so hip, right now um <laughs> is your thing then i'm going there on the way home milan and paris yeah. oh it's so cool so Love cool or exactly as you say you know like your hop skip and a jump in it's, paris london yeah. um portofino is such a cute little town about two hours away right on the water where all the glitterati come into in the summer and <laughs> yeah so there's, there's a lot of lot of wonderful places to see locally as well if so um, so many beautiful places to see around the area. Um, Elise has to dash off now, and we'll just we'll let you go, Elise, if you want to say goodbye. Yeah, I've got a, I've got an appointment with Becky Plotner. <laughs> you guys have all heard of her. She is my mentor in the US. Amazing yes. way. So I'm off to have a chat to her. Okay. Well, you have fun, and we will chat to you soon. And and Lucy and I will finish off talking about the retreat. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Lucy. Take care, Elise, and I'll see you in Italy. Five yeah, and a half months. Very Lucy, after chatting to you. I think yeah. Elizabeth too. It's just, yeah, to start taking those little steps. And, yeah, see you in Italy. I'm so excited. Yeah, Yay. can't wait. It's going to be fabulous. Right. Tell Becky guys. hi for us. Will do. <laughs> okay, see ya. Hi. Um, so where were we, Lucy? We'll just quickly finish off talking about the retreat for those of, um, listening who would be interested in coming. Yeah. Um, so. There's um, a lot to do in the area, you were saying. Um, and I reckon, like, it's such a great idea having the retreat running from Monday to Friday because then they can really um, visit different places both weekends, either side, if they wanted to, and that, use that for travel time as well. 
Exactly. And we'll get to, as you know, we, as we've discussed, we'll get to visit the little local areas, the, mm. a bunch of the local Together. villages, mm. go to, go to a market or two markets or whatever it may be, do, do lots of lovely walking. And so we'll yeah. get, they'll definitely get, you know, a, a nice time outside during yes. the five days that they're learning and some real intensive, um, training on yeah. how to how to reset and how to start feeling good again and healthy again and yeah. be energized and, and we'll be cooking together um so it's a small it's a small select group <laughs> yeah six yeah. bedrooms yeah exactly um and there's uh, a couple that live on the property Bianca no they don't li- they don't okay. live there actually, they don't they're live there, there from they're there from early to from, from early to the end yeah okay. exactly. so did you say Bianca's a chef um Bianca does exactly she cooks for all of our um clients that we have there during the ski season so we we basically realized that we're now living here and we're not living in Europe and we're still not using the house as much as we'd like to. And we started to get a lot of requests for, um, for skiing in Italy because there's no luxury, luxury chalets in Italy. So we thought, you know what, actually whilst we're far away um, and whilst we've got the amazing Bianca and Pietro to look after our guests, why don't we um, turn this into a little mini business in the winter? So we do, you know, we do really well out of renting it through the winter season. um, And, um, and so, yeah, this is something to something to try that's completely different um, for the during the spring season. The this season. is uh, um, if you're listening to this podcast and the um, retreat is not going to work for you, or it's already happened because people listen to old podcasts, um, you yeah. might want to look into ski seasons too. Yep, mm. or the next year's podcast because we hope it's the next be year's retreat. Yes. The next, next sorry, the next year's retreat. <laughs> Um, yeah and all of the details are on um on the website which is um so the house is that this kind of house is called a baita which um, means stone farmhouse in Mm. italian um and so the house is called baita 1697 1697 is the year that it was built and Mm -hmm. so it's www.baita1697.com um, and you can get in contact with me through that um, mm. or see any availability for what we're up to. So exciting. Um, definitely click through and at least look at the photos because if you're interested in natural building, um, creating yeah. a beautiful environment. And one of the things I love about how you describe it, Lucy, um, people get into the health space and think it's like Tell me, um, tell the listeners what you what you told me about how gaps doesn't have to be all fat and broths, and the building right, doesn't right, have right. to be. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, you. I was explaining to my chiropractor earlier that I was coming to do a, cod, a podcast podcast, <laughs> and I was explaining about your book, and I was like, "Yes, yeah, someone who's sexied up gaps. I love it." <laughs> she knew she knew all about gaps. Um, yeah, I mean, we. Um, I. I obviously came to interior design through fashion and so aesthetics and designs always been my interest. Um, and, um, and then came to natural building afterwards. So I sort of arrived into the world of natural building with quite a strong high end, um, design aesthetic behind me. And, um, so yeah, within the first year that the lodge was actually featured in architectural digest, we had a photographer come up and do the photos and, um, and it was, it's been featured all over since then so haven't yeah you had, haven't you had Jamie like, Oliver like say that? 
proof. Yeah, we had Jamie Oliver stay with a bunch of friends and a whole load of other people that I probably shouldn't really declare online. I know that Jamie was fine <laughs> saying it out loud. Um, but uh, yeah, no, a lot, of other, a lot of other celebrities as well who um, wow. I think prefer to remain unknown. And that's the great thing about this place is that mm. it is totally private. off the beaten track. You yeah, can remain quiet. Yeah. Um, it's going back to roots. And that I think is exactly what we're hoping to do with the retreat. And yeah. so location just fitted so perfectly with the whole idea of getting our hands dirty back in the soil that nourishes us. Um, and, you know, I, learn- I went off, I went off track there. Sorry. Um, the, um, the gaps and the building and making it luxury. Um, did you want to just quickly finish talking about that? Sorry. That's okay. Um, so uh, I think um, it was just, you said to me once, um, I just want people to be able to cook this way and eat this way without feeling like it has to be all. Yeah. Right. But then when it comes to building biology, you know, To have a healthy home doesn't mean it has to be straw bales and <laughs> exactly, exactly. It can. I mean, it helps when it's a stone house in the mountains of Italy mm-hmm. because it's already architecturally beautiful and natural. Yes. Um, but no, it doesn't. I mean, my house in Concord is proof of that as well. It doesn't have to be all. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be like a little house with gnomes out the front. <laughs> um, <laughs> it can. It can be a beautiful, stunning, elegant property and. Mm. At the end of the day, my take on it um, and the interviews that I've been doing recently with these very luxurious magazines is, isn't this the ultimate in luxury to mm-hmm. have beauty, design, you know, elegant design and health together? Isn't that what yeah. we would all want in life in a perfect world? Mm. Uh, so I'm hoping, I'm trying to prove to the world that this is possible, that we can get both of these and it's totally acceptable to demand both of them. And I'm trying to take it to my fellow interior designers and architects and builders and say, guys, this is our responsibility. We have to look after the people we're building for and we have to look after the planet at the same time. We can't do just one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Well, on that note, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and I absolutely cannot wait until June <laughs> yeah, it's going to be amazing yeah. um, you if you can just let our listeners know where to find you you did mention the beta website but also Instagram yeah so I have my um, I have my interior and building biology Instagram page which is Lucy McCullough interiors and that's spelled I'll put the L- link okay so I don't yeah, need to spell it out no, nah, don't worry. I'll put the link. Scroll down, guys. Click on it. Like her page. <laughs> yeah, please come visit. Talk to yeah. me. Ask me questions about building biology. I love it. it. Keeps my brain in it. Now that I've finished my studies and I'm certified, I need to keep on the ball. <laughs> I'm going to ask you lots of questions. So yeah. where's the best place for people to contact you if they want to ask a question? Um, through Instagram works or through the, uh, through the, um, Vita 1697 website. I also have my own website for the interiors, which is lucymccullough.com. Um, so any, any, any of those options work. Okay. Yep. There's great. a contact in all of those places. So yeah, feel free. Okay, great. And you are about to have a baby though. Maybe so offline. Maybe <laughs> yes, offline. I will be offline for 30 days. It was 40 the other day. Now it's going down to 30. (laughs) 
Well, I still think that's pretty amazing. Good on you. I'm going to try. That's my goal. That's my goal. I'm reading the um, first 40 days cookbook, which is just marvelous because it's basically gaps for postpartum. Um, Um, I'm going to have to look that one up. Every every recipe I'm reading, I'm like, this is amazing. This is, this is another gaps recipe. This is another gaps recipe. So so when when the world comes together like that, it's, you feel like you're doing the right thing. Yeah. You're on the right track. (laughs) <laughs> on the right track exactly so yeah well thank you so much and guys I'm sure you would have been inspired by this podcast sorry it was so long but I'm not sorry because it was awesome um, <laughs> thank you so much Lucy for taking all that time out of your evening um, oh, thanks and, for having me oh we loved it and I will put the links that we need below but feel free to email me at help at quirkycooking.com.au if you have any other questions about the podcast the retreat anything we talked about and I can always forward them on to Lucy if I don't know. <laughs> exactly. exactly. All right. Wonderful. Thanks, Thanks for having so me, Joe. Take care. You too. Bye. All right. Bye. 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 This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.